Why do you have a photo of you with Genuine at some place? Oh, have I never talked about this before? Genuine's my cousin. Genuine? The Genuine is your cousin? How do I not know this? Welcome, Peter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to the latest post-game Peter Report podcast. I am Scott Reynolds. Alongside me is Casey Hudson. We got the whole Peter Report team. We're down here at Whiskey Wings in Temple Terrace to do this post-game show. The Buccaneers win 38-31. Casey, let me tell you. <laughs> Leonard! What are you doing? Leonard rushing for four touchdowns. What are you doing? Oh my gosh, can you believe what a game he had? Oh, remarkable game. The best part, though, is that as soon as that was tweeted on Peter Report, I can just picture you screaming and looking into the camera. But at least this time, it's not, what are you doing? What the heck? Keep the ball in possession. It's, what are you doing getting in the end zone? That many times. Right. And after last week's game, or I can't, I don't even know if we can say last week, Monday night, a couple days ago, whatever you call it, you know, the Giants defense they locked in on Leonard. They kind of minimized his production. You weren't sure how that was going to yeah. go today. And then all of a sudden he decided he was going to truck over everyone. So, yeah. you know, it, it's amazing Casey, because when you look at Jonathan Taylor, who's a hell of a running back, right? Leading the league in rushing came into the game with 1,122 yards. He came off a massive game, 185 yards against the bills, four touchdown rushes with, with the receiving touchdown. And I think it's fair to say that that Leonard Fournette really out Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor today. Yes, he did. He just decided to step into his shoes and not many people can do that. So that says a lot more about Leonard Fournette than any other running back at the moment to yeah. be able to emulate a guy that everyone's been talking about. Right. Especially when it came to this matchup, it was like, what are the Bucks going to do with Jonathan Taylor? Even though they have the best run defense, they're yeah. still this butt. So thank you, Leonard Fournette, for putting a lot of Bucks fans at ease this evening because it's tough to be yeah. a Tampa Bay fan. It wasn't really even Tom Brady carrying the team today mm-hmm. like like he's had to do so many times, especially yep. trying to on the road. Um, just a, a huge win. We're going to get into to all of this, but it, I don't know this as, as a fact, so I, I don't want to state it as a fact. This is just an opinion, maybe speculation. I wouldn't be surprised if Leonard Fournette had a Celsius today because <laughs> – Celsius powers active lives with essential energy. The great thing about Celsius, and I've already crushed this orange Celsius, that's my favorite, uh, Casey, is the fact that that with Celsius, you get all of the energy without the crash because there's no sugar, no preservatives. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he actually had the heat one because that's what gets me going. There you go. Last uh, last live show we did here at Whiskey Wings, I, I made a mistake and had two Celsius heats, the pomegranate blueberry <laughs> one. And when did I Did you sleep? You, no, I didn't. <laughs> I fell asleep. I took a cat nap at 4.30 a.m. and woke up at 6 to start my day. So, yeah, Leonard Fournette definitely smashed a couple of those because yeah. – you can't truck over guys like that just because you're athletic. I mean, come on. Celsius works, folks. If, if you want to find out where to get it, go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator. Or even better yet, when you're on PeterReport.com, click on the banners, the Celsius banners, and they're going to ask for your zip code, punch it in, and they'll do the work for you. They'll find the Celsius near you. And uh, and once you find the flavors that you like, do the subscribe and save on Amazon. Get them shipped right to your door so you never run out and you save a lot of money. So, Casey, let's get into this game. Let's start uh, first with the fact that we saw the Buccaneers score 30 points or more. That's been the magic number. They did it four times on the road last year in the regular season. And then, of course, they did it every game on the road in the postseason. 
That was the magic number. It's no surprise that they were a bad road team this year, two and three coming into this game. Mm-hmm. They'd score 30 points or more at every home game, so they can score that many points. It's not like this offense is impotent. It's not. It's it's a it's a fantastic Talented. potent offense when it's not beating itself with turnovers and penalties. We saw a couple of turnovers in the first half, but the fact there weren't any turnovers in the second half, that was key in allowing this offense to get 38 points on the board to beat the Colts 38-31. I know. And, of course, once you look at the first half of that game, we were not suspecting that they were going to break 30 points, or at least I yeah. wasn't. I can't speak not for Not with 14 everybody. points at halftime. That- <laughs> no. But at least we saw that comeback caliber that we know that they have the potential to do, especially with a guy like Tom Brady at the helm. But like you mentioned, it wasn't really the Brady show that got them over that hump. It yeah. was it was kind of everyone else. It was those extra efforts. It was or I think somebody tweeted that Leonard Fournette said in the locker room, you know, we're a special team when you start playing yeah. like it. So everyone kind of found that that specialty to get them to do just enough like we've seen teams do. Now, was it a playoff performance like Gronk said no, not right. in my opinion, but they did enough to win, and they showed us that there's a glimmer of hope there when they're on the road, and it's something that can translate because they have a lot more home games to finish off this season. They, or they, not home games, away games. They, you're, you're right. They, they do. And the thing is, is when, when you look at, at the wins that they've had on the road this year, wins at New England against, let's face it, not the same New England team that's playing right now. Yeah. Like this, the, if, the, this would be – I think even more of a challenge than mm-hmm. that 1917 victory that Tampa Bay had early in the season Absolutely. before Mac Jones really became the Mac Jones that we're seeing now. And Matthew Judon really came on like he is. The Patriots are humming, folks. That I wouldn't necessarily say the Bucs would win the rematch up in Foxborough, but I wouldn't say they wouldn't. But this is a quality road win. This is yeah. the, this is uh, a win that, that, that proves to me because I, I picked the Bucs to lose, and I'm glad they did. And I'm glad for all the Buccaneer fans out there that – that um, that <laughs> saw the comeback and want to rub in my face. That's fine. Um, I'm happy you for you. Him at Pewter Report. Yes, Bucks you can. Fans. That's fine. Um, but but I, I think this is a quality win. This, yeah. I think the Colts are a playoff caliber team. Absolutely. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. Winning on the road is tough. And the way they did it, um, getting the points on offense, but because of the takeaways that we saw this defense produce. Let's talk about that. I think it really started, Casey, with that. Strip sack by Sack Barrett. He's back to being Sack Barrett. Now they had two sacks in the game, a forced fumble, fumble recovery, and eight tackles. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that was going to be a big part of their success in today's game, obviously not just because they were trying to compete against an elite run game, but also just because of what Carson Wentz brings to the table when he's in the pocket or scrambling out of the pocket. So now you've got Shaq Barrett, who I think leads the NFL in strip sacks with 11, which is huge because if he can build off that momentum, imagine what else he can do with this team. But that was definitely the, the game changer that shifted the energy, the momentum, and everything to help these guys kind of all pick up their socks and say, hey, let's do a little bit more than what we're doing speaking of a little bit more uh andre uh appreciate the the super chat i made a promise this week that if the bucks won against the colts i would do super chats every week after each win so it's paid i hope to repeat it next week yes uh, there's no doubt about it we appreciate that very much um you know I, i've been critical on, on about Shaq barrett i mean he's he hadn't had a sack in a month mm-hmm. three games plus the bye week it's been a while but he really took over this game, two sacks. Uh, the strip sack was huge. That really, I think, stymied the Colts' momentum because and, – and I said – I told this to, to John and Matt at the halftime show. If I'm Frank Reich and I've got a 10-point lead, 24-14, to 14, I'm coming out in the second half and running the ball, establishing Jonathan Taylor, 
and trying to wear down this Bucks defense. But understanding that the Carson Wentz we saw in the first half is a bit of fool's gold mm-hmm. and, and, and not try to have him go 60 minutes with that type of play because I think he turned into – it wasn't you know, sustainable. It wasn't sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. We saw the interception. We saw uh, the sack fumble. And and uh, and I, I think this Bucks defense really asserted itself in the second half because they kept sticking with the pass. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things that I can give to the Bucks defense is, you know, for a guy like Devin White to go out, and I know everyone's kind of criticized, you know, the driving force that he is or isn't out there on the field, but in the past two or three games, he's actually he's really been, been extremely, the yeah, helpful. So for him to go out with that hip injury, you saw that the momentum somewhat shifted, but then everyone realized that, okay, crap, we have to step up, even though yep. we have to bring other people in. Kevin Winter isn't, you know, the guy that everybody wants to put a tough game on his shoulders, but yeah. he started, you know, had a shaky start and he really started to progress as well. So I think everyone realized that this game was going to mean a lot more than just another W or another L on the chart. This game was significant to say, can you compete? Yeah. Because in the pregame show chatting with John, I saw the Colts as a lot more even kill team than people were giving them credit for. Yes, you see Jonathan Taylor in this run game, but something that I knew they were going to do or had a feeling that they were going to do was put their tight ends to work. Jack yep. Doyle started to really give them a stretch out hot. there. Yeah, he really did. And yeah. when's the last time you really talked about Jack Doyle in a conversation before 2017? I think is the last time that you really heard this guy's name go off every game. So it was it was the adjustment it was it was the leader showing up but it was Shaq Barrett who really set the tone out there for me yeah and Leonard Fournette gave I guess a spirited halftime speech <laughs> Lenny was feeling himself in the first half had a couple of touchdowns and and stood up and, and kind of rallied the troops a little bit which I think is a little uncharacteristic of him yeah. right I mean he's he's been a role player for this this Buccaneer team and you know he's not Mike Evans he's not Rob Gronkowski he he is he's been the running game but this is a pass first team. This is led by the quarterback whisperer. This is an <laughs> offense that's run by a former quarterback in Byron Leftwich that has the greatest quarterback of all time under center. This is pass, 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 run. Now we know that's not Byron Leftwich's sequence, right? Because he usually runs on first downs and drives everybody crazy. But in terms of of the volume of plays, I mean it's it's been three to one or so. I just think that that Leonard Fournette really found his his role in in this this offense early on yeah. this season and he's been capable of these type of performances it's it's interesting to note there was a report by Adam Schefter earlier today that the Bucks were considering drafting Jonathan Taylor in the first round and, and that's something we reported on pewreport.com way back in in the, the draft season at the same time though the way it worked out is the way it worked out yeah. right they got Antoine Winfield, who came up huge today with a huge interception. Talk about that for a second. Oh, yeah. He's actually one of my favorite players on the defense because you hear this phrase, a player that plays until the whistle blows. Yeah. You hardly see it these days. Not to really take away from anybody else's talent, performance, or effort, but Antoine Winfield Jr. is that guy who is all out every single play. He's in on almost every clutch play. And, guys, he's 5'9 and 100 and. <laughs> 
He's around 200 pounds. Yeah. Close to 200 yeah. pounds. Yeah. I think that that's just like their flux pro.com weight. But realistically, this guy's got to be a whopping 180, but 5'9. And he just makes a spectacular, not only an athletic play, but I think it was a brilliant read. Yeah. He was patient. He, he got didn't great try positioning. To like, yeah, yeah. He didn't try to like over overrun the play where, you know, he let the wide receiver get behind him. He didn't try to do too much and not end up calling a penalty on him because that's something that. Sean Murphy Bunting has an issue with. Right. You almost see this panic to the point where he causes these penalties yeah. in such key moments. And Antoine Winfield Jr. does not do that. And he's in his second year in the NFL. Yes. Like this is year two. What else is this guy going to come out with down the stretch? So that was obviously another key pivotal moment in this game was Antoine Winfield Jr. And the best part about it is the Bucks actually maximized off of the two turnovers that their defense got. Whereas yeah. You know, previously, if the Bucks defense finally did something out there, because we know that they've been healing and trying to be a lot right. more dominant out there, Bucks offense wouldn't really capitalize. It's nuts because of you're looking. Let's say, let's say he's five ten. Let's give him an extra inch, right? <laughs> five ten, two hundred pounds. Yeah, sure. I mean, Michael Pittman is six four. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's a six inch differential right there in size and. Winfield went up over Pittman and got the ball. Yeah. I mean, usually Pittman's known for being that jump ball guy, that 50-50 guy. That was shocking to me that that, that happened. That I, I think we even see the, the picture there. Michael Pittman's like, what are you doing here intercepting this pass? It's supposed to be for me, right? In his face, it's like, give me that. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, an incredible play by Winfield. And again, going back to my point earlier, the way it worked out, getting Tristan Wirfs, trading up to get him mm-hmm. um the best tackle in last year's draft class yep. the bucks don't win the super bowl without him mm-hmm. but the bucks don't also win the super bowl without antoine winfield because yes. of the plays that he made go back to that giants game the pass breakup yes on the two-point conversion on monday night football in new york that that's a key win they escape from new york with that win winfield made that last game-changing play he had sacks sack fumbles interceptions last mm-hmm. year this was the second pick of of this year and uh, he is a special player that that made special plays yes, today. Absolutely, and like I said, he's just always he's always in those moments. He's always in those areas and those coverages, assisting in one asset or another. So yeah. I'm a big fan of his. And to think you just mentioned sacks, like last year to see him come up with sacks, just to refer back to his size, I think yeah. that just screams how much hustle and athleticism he has. And I'm psyched to see what he brings year three and year four. But that was. Buccaneer Bruce says, uh, I was 100% done with this game at halftime. I thought the Bucs were going to lose. I was kind of the same way. I I, I've, I will admit that uh, being down 10 points, um, I thought, Frank Reich, you come out and you establish the run. And and listen, Jonathan uh, Taylor showed that, that you can run on this defense. I know that Bruce Arians came out of, of uh, the, the postgame press conference with a lot of bluster about, you know, you can't run on this defense. Listen, they ran on this defense. I know it was maybe against the light box, but you still had you still had Jonathan Taylor breaking tackles, slipping tackles, making people miss, picking up first downs, ripping off big runs. This might have been a different game if they would have come out right from the get-go and established the run mm-hmm. in the third quarter. Thankfully, though, it was Frank Reich and his offensive side of the ball that they were making those gaps. In the Buccaneers causing those takeaways that allowed this thing to really flip 
Yeah. And it was a tale of two different halves in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'd have to watch it a little bit closer film-wise, but two things. I remember listening in on the guys on halftime and Matt screaming, this looks like the Washington game. What are you doing? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, we were, we were, there was a little bit too much similarity there. But then also, if you look through the feed, then you know a couple of people were like, all right, let's relax on the blitz and let's kind of come up with yeah. a different game plan here or a different structure. Let's, let's put a different look to this. So I think the the quality adjustments were made in the second half as well. But as you said, Jonathan Taylor, I'll give it to him all day. He's a strong running back. He knows yeah. how to get those extra yards and he knows how to dig his heels in and, and go for it. And there was a couple plays there where he slipped out just because he's a strong running back. Yeah. So yeah, the, raw, the right guy can run, but it just depends on the, the timing of it and the field positioning on, on yeah. how adequate it's going to be. And you know, Casey, Tom Brady said this, and I have to agree. It boils down to just players making plays. Mm -hmm. At the at the end of the day, um, they have a good team. The Bucks have a good team, and it's up to the players to make the big plays. And too many times on the road, especially, we have not seen the Buccaneers, especially on the defensive side of the ball, step up and make those plays. And they did that today. Um, if you're looking for um, the silver lining, it's the fact that they did score 30 points. They won a game on the road. This was a quality opponent. Yes. If you're looking for, if you're trying to be like a coach and saying, okay, we won, but what you know, what needs to be fixed? It took this team five takeaways on defense and scoring 38 points to get the win. To get it. Yep. By a touchdown. Yeah. You know? This was a defensive win all day in my in, in my book. I mean, I know Leonard Fournette showed up and did big things yeah. for them, but like you said, if if the defense didn't do what they did, then who knows where they would have been because yeah. it was hard to watch Scotty Miller Scotty make that Miller. special teams play. Come on, guys. Yes. You know I went nuts for right. that. And then no production after. Right. Okay, let's talk about special teams, right, because we saw at the very beginning, uh, Pinion got rushed mm -hmm. and had a, a very bad punt. Very, but, sure. but how they ended the game on special teams with Scotty Miller coming up with, with the big fumble recovery. Mm -hmm. And then Mike Edwards on that touchdown saving tackle yes. on the 71 yard kickoff return that, that <laughs> it could have been, been disastrous. They could have yeah. set this game to overtime or knowing Frank Reich, he might've just decided to go for two and win it, yep. you know, knowing his style of play calling. So Mike Edwards had a huge game today, that mm -hmm. big play in special teams. And then he got the ball rolling, punching out the ball. And Levante David doing Levante David things coming yes. up with the ball. That was huge. Yeah. And I guess something else to keep in mind, too, while we're talking about silver lining and elsewhere, is like, think of the guys that you lost, what, first quarter? Jamil Dean goes out shoulder, Stinney comes out with the knee, and then you have um, Devin White with the hip. Thankfully, he yeah. came back in the second half. But, you know, this team has obviously been forced to have that next man, man, up, next man up mentality consistently. But to make those adjustments so it's – early on in the game when you have a specific game plan and then you lose certain guys because Jamil Dean has been doing quite well for them as well. Yeah. I think he's getting a lot more confident in his role, obviously. And right. I think he felt a, a heck of a lot better having Sean Murphy bunting back out there because he looked good Monday. Until he wrecked that shoulder. Making yeah. That tackle. And then you go out. So yeah. just the guys that they lost to lose them early in the game to mm -hmm. already have significant players out. I think that obviously speaks volumes to what the Bucks can do right. when the team comes together as a whole, if that opportunity presents itself, if not, right. Then you know a great opponent to get past. So we talked about these five takeaways, right? We we talked about Mike Edwards with the forced fumble, Levante David recovered. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about the the Shaq Barrett strip sack. We've talked about Scotty Miller's uh, big fumble recovery on the the fair punt catch by Neam Hines. 
We also talked about the interception by Antoine Winfield Jr. in the second half. But Pierre Desaire, the former Colt, ending this game in Indianapolis, right, with the big interception. That was huge, right? I mean, uh, I know he was getting crap for his coverage all day, though. So I guess he had to make up for it. Yes, he gave up a touchdown earlier. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, speaking of coverage, we got you covered here live at Whiskey Wings in Tampa. Uh, John's going to put up a picture of a beautiful sandwich here. Whiskey Wings, Sports Bar and Grill. Wings. They got wings and they got boneless. Buffalo chicken sandwiches, Angus steak burgers and beer casey they've got plenty of beer here look at the size of that sandwich that's legit i've seen those around here and and that's it's a massive sandwich that is not a small bun it's a regular size bun now i've so, seen the sliders they actually look really good too and they're more manageable size wise for the little people like me <laughs> that's true uh so come on down to whiskey wings uh you can look them up whiskeywings.com uh, 11407 north 56th street here in temple terrace we're having a great time tonight and i'm sure we'll be back later on uh, this season um, so does this game give you confidence moving forward that, that the Bucks road woes are over? Um, they've got some big games coming up. Yeah. Uh, you know, even, even though looking at their schedule, you know, the Jets are the Jets, Falcons are the Falcons, Panthers are the Panthers. It might be a situation though, where, the Washington football team, that game happened. Rears right? its ugly head once again, yeah. And we almost had a Washington football team 2.0 moment today. So, I mean, look, like I said earlier, somebody – or not somebody, Josh, actually. Shout out to Josh. He asked how significant is this game, whether they win or lose. And, you know, for the most part, I thought it was very significant for them to win this game because I think the Colts presented a much larger issue than people gave them credit for. Looking down the stretch here, I think if you can win this in the – not so hot fashion that they wanted in and with the injuries that took place and without key starters that are still not a part of the roster, I think that they can have a strong finishing. That's if they pull everything together and find that, that consistency, find that polishing. Everybody's looking for post Thanksgiving, Tom Brady. I don't think we saw him today. I think we could see him down the line when it, I mean, it counts now, but it's going to count even more. The next little team that I think they have to look out for is some people are going to hate this, but the Panthers, there's yeah. a hype there with Cam Newton returning. He loves to find the end zone. He's bad extremely game today, though. quarterback. Yeah. He had a bad game today, but I mean, his first two, you couldn't keep the guy out of the end zone. So yeah. if you make mistakes, if you play against yourself, if you got guys getting injured and tapping out in the first half, then, you know, that's a team that can come in and put another L on your record. Of course they have the potential to win out. Yeah. I absolutely have faith that the Bucks can win out. It's just it's time to really clean things up and not talk about it anymore. I, I was I was glad to see that, that the penalties were not nearly as much of an issue today. I think Nick Leverett got flagged for a holding call. You know, that's okay. I, that's an effort penalty. He's also like a third string guy yeah, without much play, without playing an emergency playing basis, exactly. But I, yeah. I think the thing is 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 you know, when you get those holding calls, the pass interference calls, you know, that's that's acceptable because those are effort plays. I didn't see a lot of, of idiot plays today. Free snap penalties. Right, free snap penalties. <laughs> we didn't see any personal fouls after mm-hmm. the whistle, those kind of things. They're taunting. Thankfully, right? <laughs> so we saw Shaq Barrett get one of those neutral zone infractions, and that sent off some alarm bell in his head because he got a sack on the next play. So mm-hmm. at least he's he made up for it right there. So if this Buccaneer team doesn't beat itself, and they won the turnover battle today. They had, they had two giveaways and five takeaways, so they were plus three in that category. You know, if they can continue to do that, look out for these Buccaneers. Yeah. The one thing I will say is I loved the 
the, the plays and the play calling versus the Giants on Monday. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, they started to switch things up a little bit more. They weren't as predictable. I, it almost seemed like they fell into some old patterns today. If they can take those plays, if they can take that versatility from Monday night and carry it into some other games, I feel like they can get yeah. even splashier for sure. I, I still think in my 26 years of covering this team, that first opening drive against the Giants, one of the best opening drives I've, I've ever seen by any Buccaneer team. So that was that was the thing of beauty. I think they, they do need to be a little bit more creative on offense. But this was a game, when you look at it, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, both under, under 50 yards yeah. receiving, really held in check. It was Gronkowski, 123 yards on seven catches. He had six catches for 71 yards. Casey, he had 71 yards by halftime in this game insane and they call him vintage now did you hear he got a new nickname no i didn't yeah so apparently he's vintage gronk instead of the <laughs> running tight end or running run the blocking tight end right. only so um yeah and i mean that was his biggest performance as a buccaneer and to think that he's coming off of you know still healing his back and his ribs yeah. and and everything else so i was concerned as he took some hits he got tackled to the ground you know I'm, yeah. I'm holding my breath waiting for him to you know tap out and, and maybe have that injury flare up but Hoping. Um, in the post-game press conference, he seemed just as lively and energetic as he did last week. That's a good sign, yes. right? So um, if Gronk continues to play this way, I think it's only a matter of time before Antonio Brown. We saw we had a, a question beforehand. When, when is A.B. going to get back? When is Davis going to get back? Um, when is Barpet going to get back? Um, Bruce Arians will, will probably have some updates for us maybe tomorrow, but certainly by Wednesday on those guys. Um, I saw Carlton Davis get animated on the sidelines, yes. kind of jumping up and down at one time. That's a pretty good sign for that quad injury. I got to think Carlton Davis might return maybe Very as early soon. as next week. Yeah, I would absolutely. It's funny that you say that because I saw the same thing. He was so hyped yes. for Antoine Winfield Jr. He just comes hauling. And then even when he gets to the bench, he's still jumping up and down. Right. So if you can do that, I'm sure he's suiting up soon as well. And then Antonio Brown's supposed to be right around the corner also. Right. Um, they said that when he got his injury, the doctors were saying six weeks out, and we're right at that six-week mark as of this week. So, you know, you know that he's the kind of guy that wants to stay on the field. I'm almost positive that you could see in the game when he really put that ankle out, and he still fought through it because he wanted to be out there, yeah. which is almost every guy on this Bucks roster. That's what they said about Sean Murphy Bunting on Monday. Yep. Murphy Bunting said he stayed towards the end of the field so that nobody can ask him to come off because he just wanted to keep playing. He was so psyched to be back. So, Well, and it would be interesting to see how long Jamel Dean is out with the shoulder injury mm-hmm. because that did look painful. Yeah. Uh, he did not return to the game. He was rolled up pretty quickly for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And so it's just as soon as you get one guy back, you know, you lose another one. And, and even Sean Murphy Bunting kind of got dinged up towards the end of the game. Yeah. You saw D Delaney. You saw Pierre Desaire. Uh, in there with Mike Edwards, it, it's kind of like you're reverting back to these backup cornerbacks. Somehow, some way, they found a way to win. But I do think Carlton Davis is is right around the corner with his return. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of like whack a mole in the secondary, right? It's like you're you're trying to get all these guys on there, but the minute one guy pops up, you know, he gets <laughs> whacked, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody's out. You're, you're waiting to see Jamel Dean. Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, all at the same time on the field. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that's going to happen now because Jamel Dean looks like he's going to be out for a little bit of, of time at least. Yeah, he definitely looked like he was instantly in pain when he went down. That was quick. Yeah. But, you know, they've rotated seven starters, I think the most ever, if not franchise history, than in general in that position or in that secondary. So 
these guys, they at least they've been through it. They know how to manage if, if need be. And I think Carlson Davis will be back next week. I would be surprised if he wasn't. Exactly. Well, uh, Casey, we appreciate your insight and analysis when it comes to these Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in this big win today, 38-31. Um, this win moves the Buccaneers to 8-3 and three on the season. And uh, it certainly gives them a quality road win. Not that it matters because this isn't college football where you have to have <laughs> style points and all of that. But certainly it's one of those, those instances where, where they hadn't scored 30 points. They hadn't had any quality wins in terms of, of playing a good team. And, of course, the Patriots, you look at the record, you can say that now. Yeah. This is just a different team that we're seeing in Foxborough now as opposed to uh, the team that they played back there in week four. Yeah, way, way different. Like you said, that would be an interesting game to, to go on now. But more importantly, them being able to execute on the road. Yeah. They have a couple of road games coming up here, and at least there's a lot more hope that they'll be able to balance out the scales in the win column and continue adding to the win column. Exactly. So we, we're going to do um, our game ball segments. Yeah. With everybody. But uh, so before we let you go, who are you who are you giving the game ball to on the offense and defensive side today, Casey? Hmm. Defense, I have to give it to Antoine Winfield Jr. I just feel like I've talked about him so much in the past couple of weeks, even though a lot of guys showed up. I think he was just he's all out player. I, I really appreciate him as an athlete and him as a Buccaneer. For the offense, I mean, it's kind of hard not to give it to Lenny. There you go. But I, I got to give it to Rob Gronkowski. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want to switch it up to give it to Rob. I'm All right. switching it up. Even though he wasn't a four-touchdown guy, yeah. he definitely was significant in helping them progress down the field. If it, if it wasn't for Rob Gronkowski, I don't think they would have made as much progress down the field right. in a lot of those crucial plays. So 123 yards as a tight end, and his, his biggest game as a Buccaneer, I got to give my offensive ball to, to Gronk. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Casey, appreciate it very much. We're going to be in John Ledyard now from PewterReport.com. Uh, get his thoughts and analysis, as well as his game balls, presented by Manscaped, of course. Your balls will thank you. Um, the thing, too, with, with Manscaped is they've got a special promotion right now, 25% off. 25% off uh, between now and tomorrow. That's Cyber Monday. And so... There is the promo code right there, Pewter20, right on cue. 25% off plus free shipping for your Manscaped order. So. Yeah, and let's talk about what happens in this thing, Scott, because this performance package 4.0, it's a complete game changer. You even brought along the accessories I've got for the show live show them. at Whiskey Wings tonight. This is living on the edge with Scott Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen. And it's pretty awesome because whiskey because the deal here with Manscaped is this: get the performance package 4.0, including the lawnmower body trimmer. This thing it's got LED lights, you can see everything going on. There's a travel lock on this thing. It's a game changer. Look at that. Look at that thing. Okay, I'm just a little too close to me for my. Oh yeah, that's better. Um, and the, the performance package 4.0 has got all kinds of great stuff. There's the the ball deodorant, the crop reviver, and toner. Look at that. Unbelievable. And you got the travel bag. You've got the ear and nose hair trimmer as well. So, and, and the most comfortable box of briefs in the world, too. So, oh, yeah. this is a great gift, especially with the holidays coming up here. Uh, you're going to want to take advantage of this one, folks. So, definitely check that one out. And as uh, Scott was saying, you can get 25% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with that promo code Pewter20 is the promo code. You can use that. You can get uh, a great, terrific deal for yourself. And uh, for somebody you love or care about or ask for it for yourself, do be a little selfish. This it's Christmas. time for jingle balls, John. It just is. It's the time of the year. You know? Right. Exactly what I was going to say. For it, sure. it makes a great gift. And more importantly, 25% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code Pewter20. So do that. 
get that order in today, get it in by tomorrow. It runs through Cyber Monday. And we'll also send you a free pewter report shirt. All you have to do is email me your proof of purchase. You're going to get that via email to you from Manscaped. Just forward that to me. The great thing is it doesn't have any of your personal financial information. Don't want it. Don't need it. But it does have your address, which I do need to send you that pewter report shirt. We have it in white, black, and pewter. We've given away dozens of shirts the last couple of weeks. So if you've been thinking about Manscaped, do it. Do it now. We got somebody here that's already got one of those. So go. that's Let's awesome. Go. People share them. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. It's makes a great, a great gift. It, it really does. does. It does. It's a, it's a great gift this time of year for sure. Yeah. All right, Scott, let's get into more of this game because we, we're, let's give our game balls here yeah. uh, as, we're, as we're moving through this game. Do you, can I jump right in here with mine? As long as you don't take Blaine Gabbert. I'm not going to take Blaine Gabbert. Okay. I know that you were looking forward to that. Uh, so I'll let you have Didn't that see one, Blaine today, so I can't give it to him. That's right. But they won anyway with despite him. So that goes to show how great of a victory this was. <laughs> true. There's a player that's not being talked about at all that I thought was an unsung hero of this game. And it's Mike Edwards. I mean, he stepped into the slot. Yeah. He's played great. Obviously, defensively, great coverage on that vertical ball down the field yep. but, or in the first half. That was a huge play in that game, keeping the Colts from having a big play. He also he forces the first fumble of the game. Yes. And it's such a huge turnover in that way. And then at the end of the game, the Special kickoff that never should have happened yes. in the first place, he goes down and he makes the tackle and he keeps the Colts from scoring. On that on that kickoff return with what ten seconds left, they end up taking yeah. over on offense. A couple desperation heaves don't get anything done for them, but it was a really was good, solid game time, for Mike Edwards, and he didn't give up any big plays either. No penalties, nothing That's right. like that. Uh, he's played really well since stepping into the starting lineup. He's been a breath of fresh air. I have so many issues with this defense right now, Scott, that I won't even know where to begin. People don't want to hear that on the post game pod yeah. after a win. But uh, this group got by on splash plays today. It is yeah. not a recipe for success long term. But I mean, pretty much the Colts did what they wanted right. to do when they weren't turning the ball. Over. John, like I said uh, with Casey, this team had five takeaways mm-hmm. and put up 38 points and still only won by seven. At the end of the game. At the end of the game, yeah. That, that's that's not a dominant performance by any means. It was good enough to, to beat a, a pretty good Colts team on the road in a difficult environment. But like you said, there's plenty to be concerned about. Yeah, plenty to be concerned about. This The Colts are probably a middle-of-the-road team. They're a wild-card team probably in the AFC at best. Uh, they're not going to win that division, I'm sure. I don't think, although the Titans are struggling too right now. Yeah. The, the, if the, the best plus we can think of is that there really are not any great teams in the NFL right now. Right. There's not anybody really every week going out there and taking care of business. And so uh, I think that the Bucks have everything in front of them still. Scott, I don't want to be the downer in the postgame pod after a win. Still um, a lot of football to be played, though, John. There's a lot of a football lot to be can played, happen, good and bad. But we are getting to that point in the season where this team needs to figure it out. And right. they don't need to figure it out just in terms of the results. They, they play the Panthers twice. The Panthers are an absolute mess. Game yeah. was 5-21 of 21 today, threw for like 91 yards, threw a couple Picked picks. Picked off twice, yeah. Yeah, P.J. Walker came into the game. I mean, they're a total mess. They might not win a game the rest of the year, to be honest with you, Scott. They're a mess. Atlanta's a mess. You know, they've got a game against Atlanta next week. They've got two against the Panthers. Yeah. No offense to Matt Matera, but they've got the Jets still on the schedule. So, I mean, if you <laughs> The Jets won games, today. Yeah. They won today right. is what Matt says. That's great. That's right. He, uh-huh. he does want us to remember that. They did yeah. win against the Texans, so good for you, right. Matt. And I hope you would get to rewatch that one and enjoy it. By the way, Scott, i got to tell you, <laughs> Matt Matera on the live in-game stream was unbelievable today. This guy, Shaq Barrett, gets a strip sack yeah. in – Matt just takes over play by play. He just starts going nuts, <laughs> screaming and going crazy. Bucks fans in the chat were dying laughing. That's awesome. Matt just the energy took him, man. I don't think he's a Jet. I think he was. <laughs> I think he's really pulling for these Bucks pretty hard. I think if Bucks played the Jets, he'd be 
emotionally well, compromised. John, the Bucks will play the Jets later this That's year, right. so we're going to find out where Matt's allegiances we lie. We're going to give him a hard time all I week. Know. We're going to put him on every show. I think right. it's, yes. it's only right that we, we do that. It's, it's only fitting we do that. But, John, we talked about it at halftime when I came on. I said, and all three of us kind of agreed, we've seen some sacks from this this Buccaneer defense this year. And Damakasu had one in the first half. Shaq Barrett had one in the first half. But they weren't the timely sacks. They weren't the sacks on third downs. More importantly, they weren't the sacks that cause fumbles, that create takeaways. And right on cue, Shaq Barrett comes through with that play finally for the Buccaneers. It seemed to really be the spark that this team needed in the second half. Yeah, it was sensational. I gave my game ball to Mike Edwards just because I know nobody else will, will probably choose him. Um, but Jack Barrett was is the reason that this team's yeah. winning today and not losing because the Colts were, like I said, doing anything that they wanted on that drive and on the Winfield interception drive. They right. were moving the ball, and it was just two plays. Those two plays really changed the entire game. But Shaq Barrett was more just an individual effort. He had actually won several times as a rusher earlier in the game, right. and the ball came out just before he yes. could get a strip sack. That one, he got home, made him pay. He had a sack earlier in the game. It was more of a coverage sack. He, he also had another had, one that he, the Wentz got out of his arms. Remember? Yes. And that, yeah. was a, that was a third down play. JPP ended up right. making the tackle after a two-yard gain. Yeah. But they got off the field in that situation. He missed the sack. Pressure. Sue missed the sack. Yeah, JPP right. kind of flung him forward for a first or for a, a positive yard. So it wasn't a uh, wasn't a sack. But also on that that uh, the pass interference play, Sean Murphy bunting. Shaq hit Wentz's arm, which caused the ball to be underthrown, yep. which is what caused the receiver to slide down and Sean Murphy Bunting collide with him. Yep. Murphy Bunting, though, did not have a good game today, John. Brutal. The opposite of a game ball. Um, they Bucks have a lot of questions with Sean Murphy Bunting. They just do straight up. It was it was true in week one, and it, you know, we last week was Giants couldn't tie their shoes, frankly. You know, they went after SB, they wanted to, and, and they couldn't really get out of their own way for most of that game. They almost got him with a, with a call down the field. Then they got caught this week with a call down the field. He is going to keep getting attacked by every team that they play. And to be honest, there yeah, it, it's relentless in terms of the way other teams are approaching Sean Murphy Bunting right now. With Jamel Dean out, and Bruce Arians didn't say a ton after this game, Scott. He yeah. just said it's, it's not really good. Um, right. You know, so. Assuming he'll miss some time, uh, we've got to see what happens with Carlton Davis. Does he come back this week against Atlanta? Right. But to be honest, this is a hurting secondary. The, the talent has not been there this season. Yeah. People thought Murphy Bunting coming back would help. It, it depends okay on which Murphy Bunting comes back. Yeah, is it the playoff version? Is it the guy in the regular season that, yeah. that has been lackluster? You know, There's a larger sample size of him struggling rather than succeeding, right. and uh, that concerns me a lot. I don't think he's an answer for this team. The question is I don't know if anybody else is, and I think that's true. Weak spot right now. Your offensive game ball? Yes. Offensive game ball, uh, I think Casey Picker. Did I hear pick Rob Gronkowski? Yeah. I heard, okay. It's clearly Rob Gronkowski, in my opinion, the respect to Leonard Fournette. But I'm actually going to go a different direction, and I'm going to give it to the Bucks offensive line because Casey said that. I mean, this offensive line in general played really, really good football, and especially in the second half, I thought they just dictated the pace of the game. Yes, Nick Leonard gave up a pressure here and there and did give up a sack. And so, you know, the, anything weak that happened on the offensive line was on Leverett, though, and the rest of the four played out yeah. of their minds good. And right. Leverett played well enough to get by in this game. You yeah. know, there was, yes, they overcame his sack where he got beat immediately by Buckner. They overcame it. They ended up scoring on that on that possession. Um, so good things from the box offensive line as a whole. You expected Leverett to come out and not be perfect. It was still better 
than he wasn't expected to play. Yeah, this was his first, first live right. action in an NFL game on the road against one of the best D-tackles against in the against Brenton Buckner. Yeah, uh, Brenton Buckner. DeForest Buckner. 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 Yes. Throwback. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, no, so it was. I was impressed with him. I think it was a, a really good performance by the offensive yeah. line in general. Uh, and we'll see what happens if Marpet comes back next week. I think they're okay. We'll see what Stinney's injury is too right. in terms of the depth. But I feel good about Leverett as a depth piece on this team. Um, right now because of the experience that he's gotten right physically and athletically he's not overmatched technically yeah. if he can keep developing he there's a decent ceiling for him honestly i right. said this even in training camp he he picked up a guy and threw him that's true a call for holding it was a ridiculous call yeah so to see a guy be a third string guard and come off the bench and be that physically dominant although there's consistency and technique issues that need work it's a really encouraging sign for a it guy really is Playing in between Donovan Smith and, yeah. and Ryan Jensen helps, though. Those guys right. are really playing well. For sure. So, we John. Get, we're going to get J.C. Allen in here, actually, yes. Scott, because I know you got to get out of yep. here. So, we'll get J.C. Uh, Allen in so here. I'm going to give you I'm gonna give you my game balls real quick. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, you get so, on, on the offensive side, I'm going to let either – I'm going to give the layup to either J.C. or Matt. They can pick J.C. will take it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I know what J.C.'s taking. I'm going to go with, with Scotty Miller. I'm, I'm shocked that Casey didn't give it to Scotty Miller. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Scotty Miller for two reasons. Um, the first one is drawing a huge 37-yard pass interference penalty. Um, he's already been more impactful than Brashard Perriman was, <laughs> right? If you, if, you, if you look at those the small sample size with which Scotty Miller played today, he was a gunner on special teams. That is not his forte. Um, it looked like on the first the first punt. He wanted no part of running down there and trying to make a tackle. He's not that guy, but he was Johnny on the spot recovering a fumble. So um, he did a fantastic job of recovering a fumble on special teams and drawing a person or drawing a, a DPI. Yeah. Didn't even have a catch, but he affected the game even more than Brashard Perryman has the last two weeks, in my opinion, with some of Brashard Perryman's catches. Yeah. Uh he also, yeah, he ran to the back. Yeah, I mean, he did draw that vast interference. You're right. Him as a vertical threat makes a difference. It's unfortunate he didn't run a great route on the interception. He did. You know, yeah, I think that was a little bit yeah. of a rusty, you know, yeah, play for him play. coming right. back. Right. You know, didn't track the ball but, well. Hey, that fumble recovery was huge. It, it was huge. It made up for for that interception. For not, yeah, for uh, not being play. a gunner at all. That's not a bad play. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the defensive side, you know, a defensive line kind of guy, Shaq Barrett, uh, two sacks today, eight tackles. Uh, he got the the triple crown, right? He got yeah. the sack, the forced oh, yeah. fumble, and the fumble recovery. So a good job by by Sack Barrett for sure. Um, and I know Casey's already mentioned Antoine Winfield, but that was a hell of a play. That Winfield uh, interception um, was stunning to me. Now we saw him make some some great plays in college at the University of Minnesota, um, but for him to to really big boy a big receiver like that yeah. was just absolutely stunning. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely stunning. He played terrific. And honestly, he's made the leap this season in general, Scott. That's not just it's not just something that's happened right now for for uh, for Antoine Winfield. He's been playing like this, especially since he got back from the concussion. It's been even better. He's playing some of the best football of his career. Now, J.C. Allen joining me on the show. And, J.C., it's been that kind of a performance for Antoine Winfield Jr. this season. He's yeah. kind of blossomed into exactly what the Bucks hoped he would be when they took him in the second round. Yeah, he's looking like he could potentially be an all-pro safety yeah. for his career. I mean, just his – uh, his ball hawking skills, his his support and runs in, in the running game, even getting after the quarterback. He's just he's a complete safety who can do everything and everything well. And we're seeing him just continue to 
progress and transition into, like I said, a potential all-pro player for the yeah, Bucks. Absolutely. I mean, he's been outstanding for sure. Let's get your game balls here, too, presented by Manscaped, because <laughs> I know you're itching to give a few out uh, on this show. I already know who you're going to pick <laughs> offensively, so let's just start there, and uh, we'll let you have the, have the floor to pick one on offense. Well, listen, you know, he's right there for me to take, right? He hasn't been taken yet. But like Scott, I, too, am going to leave the layup for somebody else. And I'm going to go with someone who you just mentioned. And if you're a fan of the show and you know who my man crushes are on the team, we're going to go with Nick Lavrette. You knew it was coming. We're going to go with Nick Lavrette. I mean, not only am I giving him my game ball, but Bruce Arians is giving him a game ball too. So, I mean, hey, great minds think alike. But you got to give it to the guy. He's a third rounder, uh, third string, you know, backup offensive lineman. Not just guard. He can play center. He can play left, right tackle. Did it all through all through training camp and did it pretty well. But, you know, first game, he's been a healthy scratch throughout the entire season. Comes in, and he performs adequately. DeForest Buckner, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're going to give him a sack against DeForest Buckner, I, I guess so, and a pressure as well. Like the whole, said the hold call was eh. But I think he played very well stepping up into that role. Hold call was ridiculous. He made a great play, and I can't believe they hit it for holding the way that they did. But, you know, here's the thing with Nick LeBrat. I think mentally – He's ready. Like he's yeah. he's on that level. Like the game is never going to be too big for him. No. He's anybody who's talked to him or been around him. I mean, he's incredibly physical. He's incredibly tough. He's incredibly old school in his mentality, <laughs> yes. his mindset. Like I, I said this to you again. Watching his development this year, it's not crazy to me to see him being like a future starter in the NFL. And no. today was heads ups and downs. But to me, there's nothing like like Aaron Stinney is just physically going to be overwhelmed, athletically going to be overwhelmed with yeah. some matchups. But Leverett, I don't know if he has as many of those concerns for him. It's about where can he get to technically. Exactly. And I'm just willing to see where that goes a little bit. I think he'll be in the mix next year if they lose out Scappa to eventually replace him. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. And if you talk to the guys, because we, we talked to the guys at training camp, and they were they all said the same thing. They were you know, they were very high on Leverett and said, hey, he's been balling out since last yep. year. Yeah, I'm sure they're very excited for him to get in there. So, you know, performed well, adequate, adequately, and, uh, you know, only got Tom Brady on the ground once. So yep. that's all you can ask for for an offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And I think defensively, then we go to that side of the ball. We've already named a couple of the contributors. <laughs> it was just a splash play kind of game. It was. There wasn't like any consistent every snap, this unit. Third and 10, third and 12, right third and 15. Now. Again, just like the Washington game, can't get off the field when it counts. And you're letting these inferior, I say inferior, but you know, you're letting these teams stick around and hang around and get more points. And uh, this game should have been. <laughs> Way different than the outcome was. Obviously, slow start again for the Bucks, and that was the problem last year. Problem continuing this year, getting points on the board, getting points early, and really asserting yourself on the road. And it continues to be an issue. And then the defense, you know, again, it, it's it's coaching a lot of it, but there is some definitely onus to be put on the players for not, you know, uh, doing exactly what the game plan is is asking of you and not making plays, but. We make splash plays. I mean, that's all you can ask for. You're going against a team that has the number one turnover the differential in the league, and you're out there out turnovering them. So you got to be happy with that. But defensively, it's tough. Shaq Barrett, the trifecta. Antoine Winfield, the interception. The Moss, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, but I'm going to go with a guy who probably shouldn't have been playing in the first place, coming off a bone bruise torn MCL, but Jonathan Taylor just presents that much of a matchup nightmare. You had to have one of your best defensive tackles out there, and that's Vita Vea. Loses a tooth, doesn't do much really in the in the stat column if you look at that, but just his presence there, his push, his ability to just consume blockers on a great, 
Colts offensive line and just really limit the rushing attack by Jonathan Taylor early throughout the game until that final drive when they started getting getting him going. I got to go with Vita Vea and it's missing too. Yeah, it felt like they were limiting him a little bit just in snaps coming back from the injury. I don't think yeah. – I will be interested to see tomorrow morning how much he actually played in this game. Saw him off the field a good bit of the time in this game. So I do think he'll be more impactful as the weeks move ahead. But, yeah, early in the game, shutting down the run, no question about it. I know Scott kind of said that they did run on him a little bit. I push back against that. I would say that the Bucs dominated 95% of this game in terms of yeah. rushing. One drive, the Colts got in. The Bucs are expecting the Colts really to start going through the air yeah. like they had been all game. Colts went back to the run. They did score on the drive, but they killed so much clock. They didn't really have time to respond, exactly. and the Bucs were able to run the clock down too. I'm not criticizing the Colts for that. I'm just saying I think the Bucs were willing to say, okay, if you could run all the way down the field on us, Hey, you, you know, we're going to make sure like, you're not going to have enough time to come back and score if we yeah. go down and score. So well, I will criticize the coaching, Colts coaching for that because they let the, the play clock run twice, 80 seconds off the play clock instead of calling timeouts after plays. And that really limited them. You saw them out finally take a timeout, but at that point, it was way too little when too late. The Bucks had the ball, you're yeah, about. yeah. yeah okay. It was way too little too late, and there was no way that they were going to have enough time to come yeah. back. Although they almost did on a crazy kickoff. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm finishing up the game report story, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm typing. And I got everything ready. And I'm like, oh wait, <laughs> this might change the entirety of the story here. Yeah, but you know, like you said, Mike Edwards, your guy who gives yeah. the game ball to, came through in the clutch and he did. and was able to uh, stop the yeah. play from happening. And I know some people will be critical of the Colts for going to the air too much, especially in the second half. I just completely disagree. The Colts schematically were doing anything that they wanted through the air, yeah. and the run game wasn't working at all for them in that game. They got it going on that last drive, and that was an another great change of pace. I thought this game was brilliantly coached by the Colts, and players made some really dumb mistakes, to be honest, <laughs> and turned the ball over, and it cost them the game. I mean, if not for those five turnovers, they would probably have won this game, and the Bucks give them credit for making opportunistic plays, but it's yeah. not a game I will look at. I'm sure the tape will, will agree with me as I go look at that uh, yeah. later this week. I don't think it's a game where you can say they won the coaching battle. And so that becomes a concern for me moving forward. Everybody knows what I think of Todd Bowles and yeah. what I think of the defense and how much I dislike the typical scheme that they run. But players made plays today, like Shaq Barrett and Antoine Winfield. That's what you needed. There was just talent. Like talent showed up and talent made plays in this game. And they got the Bucks a win, especially on the defensive side, because it was only really a couple positive plays all day, but they yeah. were huge plays. But offensively, J.C., I'm a little bit concerned. When play yeah. action isn't working for the Bucks, I'm a little bit concerned. When yeah. Chris Godwin has 24 yards it's, and Mike Evans has 16, it's one game, and I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I understand that. But and people know I don't overreact to one game. <laughs> but it's a couple weeks in a row now where the passing attack yeah. hasn't been able to solve the completely the new way the teams are defending them a little bit with committing so many numbers to the vertical ball right now. They're yeah. committing so much to that. They've got to find ways to continue to be efficient. At times they did today, and they put together some great drives. Yeah. No question about it. Consistency is lacking with this group right now. It doesn't look as comfortable when they can't find those chunk plays. Today was all about eight and nine-yard gains. How many yeah. eight and nine-yard gains do they have today? So many. Yeah. And that's great. That Take those. But yeah. when they get impatient and not take those, that's when – I think the offense struggles to execute. Yeah, and I think you know coaching is a huge part of that too. You see, they're trying to open up those those longer plays by with these runs on first down, with these screen plays, and we've seen that over and over again. You know, why are you running it on first down, getting yourself in you know second and nine, second and eight, second and seven, you know, third and seven, and it's because they're trying to make teams play honest on them and not fully de uh, defend that deep ball, and it's. It's. Uh, I think we'll see things change. Hopefully, Antonio Brown's coming back. We've already seen the difference that Gronk can make. I mean, he was 
he looked vintage Gronk carrying defenders down the field. People are ripping his shirts. But I think when once Antonio Brown gets back to when Scotty Miller definitely helped. He had that big uh, pass interference call down the field. But I think once Antonio Brown gets back and this offense can really start getting going the way they want to again, um, we'll see a different attack and a different coverage from teams because you're going to have all these weapons on the field now. You're going to yeah. you're going to have even more to deal with with Gronk and Evans and Godwin and Brown and you know when the, Scotty Miller goes out there and give him Leonard Fournette credit, he's yeah. been a beast catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, and it's been a huge indictment I think on Tyler Johnson the fact that he hasn't been oh, able yeah. to produce and can't break to a degree, but. Especially Tyler Johnson and the fact that OJ Howard can't even get on the field because he's that far behind Cam Again, those were guys you really needed to step up when Gronk was out, yeah. especially now that AB's out. And they just really haven't done it and it's really hurt this offense. Bruce Aaron's offense has always been dependent upon the skill player positions. When his offenses have thrived, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Indianapolis, whatever, it's because he got the major production out of the skill position. It's now the Bucks are getting that with Godwin and Evans. Yeah. But outside of that, now Gronk comes back. He gives them that. It adds a layer. Obviously, last two weeks, Gronk's been huge for this offense, but definitely moving forward. Antonio Brown might be huge for this. He's team gonna be forward, huge. The way the teams are playing. I mean, the, I mean, in the beginning of the season, I mean, you could just see how good he was and how the the relationship between him him and Brady is just on point, and uh, how how dangerous he was as a weapon. He was leading the team, you know, yeah. in, in all statistical categories for a minute there before he got injured. But I think you're completely right, too. When when O.J. Howard, Tyler Johnson, he's a limited wide receiver. Love Tyler Johnson. He's a great player, but he's definitely a limited wide receiver. O.J. Howard has all the skill in the world. You know, he's fast. He can catch the ball. He's a matchup nightmare for because of his size and his speed. And the fact that he can't get on the field right now is, like you said, speaks volumes of where they're at with him. Some team will probably overpay for him, but I, his time as, as a Buccaneer is definitely done. And like you said, he's had all this opportunity, especially when Gronk was out, to go up there and make a name for himself and say, hey, you know, this is what I was drafted as. This is what I'm capable of doing, and he hasn't been doing it. So Tyler Johnson, I understand, but O.J. Howard falling behind Cam Brady is just baffling to me. Yeah, I, I am – I am. I don't know. I need to go to the tape and rewatch his performance by the Bucs offense in a lot of ways because – to me right now, I, I agree with Terrence Davis when he says the Bucs shouldn't need three number one wide receivers. <laughs> no. And I know Bruce Aaron's offense has kind of always been built this way, but you have to find ways to operate more efficiently. What happened to some of the stuff in week one that we were seeing where guys were being schemed open on something yeah. other than screens? Um, I, we need to see more of that in this offense and less of asking receivers to do all this work. I think play calling is just stale. It's, yeah. it's just it's repetitive. And even me, it's at, more design than book calling. And by the way, I don't contribute that to the running game. I think the running game has been elite. The play calling or the play design on the running plays has been excellent. Because the fact that they diversify the scheme as much as they have, yeah. it's such a key for this offense. I think the play sequencing, as I've said, could use some work. For sure. But I, I really worry about the design a little bit of the passing attack at times. As much as I've been a positive when it comes to Leftwich, I've been <laughs> an advocate of Brian Leftwich's. But if there's something that, and I don't think it's all him, by the way, Arians is, when you talk about the design of an offense, yeah, that's going to be the head coach when it's an offensive minded yeah. head coach. So he has a big part of this too. Play calling, play sequencing, yeah, those things are Byron. Byron yeah. You need to talk about those play action, those things are Byron. But when you're talking about the actual playbook and what's in there, I How often the Bucks, they're going to certain yeah. plays. And yeah. I mean, you can tell. I mean, if you're just watching the game, even, you know, if you're a fan watching the game, you see the same route the same concepts the same place kind of called over and over again and you're right i think you need to diversify that and then it comes on to byron to change up how they're being called how it's being utilized and until they can do that yeah 
you know, they're going to still be struggling on offense and, and can get stagnant after a while. But, you know, I think Brady deserves some of the blame too, for sure. You know, it looks like sometimes he's not just going through, progressing through his reads. I don't know if it's design check down, designed to get uh, Fournette open. Obviously, you know, we'll look at the tape and see how that is. But I, I think he's been too quick to check the ball down sometimes here too. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, they've teams are playing so soft on them that because he gets to the checkdowns as fast as he does, that's how Lenny gets catching yeah. runs and gets a head start going out of line. It's not like he's catching the ball, turn around defenders there. Yeah. He's catching the ball. He's able to turn up field. He's able to attack a defender with speed. Same thing with Gronk a lot of time. Like on the, some of these plays, he's giving them the ball so quickly. Defensive players haven't reacted yet. Mm. When you throw a check down late, that's when the defense is already going exactly. because they know where you're going. So there is some give and take to that. Checkdowns are such an important part of an offense. In fact, it's why a lot of quarterbacks who take too many sacks and struggle with consistency, they don't take them. And Brady knows when to take them. There's been times where I feel like maybe there was something, you know, maybe in the Washington game, late in the game. I, you know, right now I'm looking at these replays that they're showing on TV at least, and I'm like, man, Mike Evans and Chris Goddard are getting just smothered. Your number three guy has to yeah. win, and Gronk yeah. was winning, and that's why they kept going to him today. And it was huge that he was winning, and Leonard was getting these matchups underneath one-on-one, and for a while he didn't break that many tackles, but then at the end of the game, the final yeah, drive, he, started. he makes a great play, breaks the tackle. So that has been – where they need to go with the ball, but then where are the other things? Where are the kind of some of the layered passing attacks, some of yeah. the big plays at the line? You saw a few of in the red zone, but the yeah. rest of they need them outside of the red zone too. You saw a few of those, and you saw the Colts utilize them very well. You know, yeah, with Jack Doyle right. and yeah. and Pittman Doyle Doyle ruled this game. I tell you, they had no they had no answer for him. Yeah. Again, third down after third down play, it seemed like he was there all the time, just helping bailing Carson Wentz out, who they may look again as you know Matt would say. Like a Hall of Fame quarterback, and it's just it's it's uh, defense needs to step up, offense needs to step up, or, or this Bucks team is going to have a very tough time in the playoffs if they got to play on the road. Yeah, for sure. I think that this is a team that everybody's going to say, "Oh, do they get over the road woes?" Is that what happened? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's a road woes thing. I told you this. I know Scott disagrees, but I don't think it's a road woes thing. I just think this team hasn't played up to their potential very consistently this season. They can do it. I've said it before. I think they're the most talented team in the league. I think yeah. everything's in front of them, especially this year. I mean, there's a lot of parity. parity. There's no real dominant team out there. Bucks can be that team if they get out of their own way. So that's in front of them. It's possible for them. We'll see if it actually happens or not. But there is kind of a lot in front of them, and they need these next several weeks to get right yeah. uh, and to get all that stuff sorted out. So, JC, appreciate your commentary on it and your analysis. Absolutely. We're going to get Matt Matera over here. If you jump on that. Good stuff from JC Allen uh, on the show talking about some of the things that, uh, that uh, yeah, we should honestly be attentive of um, with this Bucks team right now because, yeah, there are a lot of opportunities uh, oh, oh, that this Bucks team has. And actually, I'm going to bring JC back on for a second here because I forgot about something. I wanted, I wanted to let everybody know on the show, everybody who's watching right now, first of all, if you're in the chat right now, hit the thumbs up on YouTube right now. Hit that thumbs up, hit that like button. And help. what that does is that boosts and bumps our YouTube SEO. We've had uh, an awesome last week. Honestly, y'all have been huge with that, hitting that like, put those like buttons and, and getting us that pub uh, on YouTube. And so that's been a big boost for us. And we've, we're, we're rolling on the subscriber front and we're going to keep rolling too, all the way past 10K. So we're excited about that. But JC, we woke up this morning. We needed an assist because the speaker that was supposed to be delivered for this live show, yeah. Whiskey Wings, didn't ride FedEx. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to trash him on the show, but maybe driving me crazy right now. So we couldn't get the speaker, long story short. I won't get into the details that we needed for today's show today. It's supposed to be coming. We will get it for our future shows. Yep. But we were scrambling last minute. We were looking at options. You and I were on the phone all morning. 
and our boy Peter Blake came through. Peter Blake. So, so give, I know you've worked with Peter before. We'll give a shout out Peter. Yeah, That's I want to give a huge shout That's out right. to Peter Blake coming in here and bailing us out, bringing his sound system, bringing his mixer, getting everything set up so the bar had, had a you know nice sound to it. Everyone could hear and be part of this podcast over here. I want to give him a huge shout out, Peter Blake. Uh, I love St. Pete, NSPN, the sports web. Check it out. He's going live two days a week, sometimes three. He does pregame, postgame, halftime uh, over there. So when you're not checking out Peter Report, definitely give him a follow. Rewatch it afterwards because we know you're watching us live. But huge <laughs> shout out to Peter Blake for, for coming through. Uh, gotta love him. And uh, thanks again, man. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff, man. He's all over the place, too. Oh, yeah. All the different sports, yep. like lightning, rays, yeah. fight. I mean, he's doing everything. Jake so, Paul the other day, right, Titus right. O'Neill. Like, he's all over the place. He's, doing, sure, he's doing big yeah, things. Make sure you're giving him a follow. Facebook, Twitter, all the places that he, when he goes live is great stuff. Absolutely. So, uh, definitely appreciate him uh, being able to come up clutch and lend us some of this equipment for tonight's show. Uh, it's for been sure. a good time. So, JC, I appreciate you. Thank you for I'm giving out. that shout-out to our boy Peter Blake. And let's get Matt Matera on here on the show for his game balls. Matt, I'm just curious. I'll let you put your headphones on here, Matt. I'm just curious, Matt. Do you still have a voice after that live in-game stream that we did? I know you were getting pretty into it. I just wondered if you're feeling okay. Oh, I'm feeling great. Oh, wow. I mean, you sound great. That's that's how I am all the time. You know, I'm, I'm zero to a hundred all the time. All gas, no brakes, and you know that's exactly the the type of attitude that the Bucks need to have to hold on to this one because it was the roller coaster of emotions from beginning to end. But you know, when they make a play. I'm going to hype the boys up. You know, they deserved it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this was kind of a wild game, Matt. You and I yeah. said this on the live in-game stream and that I'm not sure the Bucks played. I know they didn't play well in defense. They did play well in the second half on offense. I mean, they put up 24 points on offense in the second half. Three of those were off a short field. But even after yeah. the other turnovers, it was still a long drive. I mean, they were still at their own 35, 30-yard line. They just still had to drive the ball. And so I know they played well on offense. Could have played better. But they I know were, they played well on – I know they played opportunistic on defense. Well, that's what I – you stole the word like, out of my mouth. They didn't really play great on either they were, side uh, of the they ball. Are, yeah, they were they opportunistic. points on the road against they the put it to, They put it together when they needed to, yeah. all right? It, from from the 20 to the end zone wasn't really work – or 25, we're talking about touchbacks. That wasn't really the Bucks' MO today. They weren't getting it done against a, a Colts defense that – you know, is it the best in the league? No, but it's certainly more formidable than some of the other opponents that they had this year. But the key to this game, or one of the keys, in my opinion, was the red zone efficiency. Uh, I believe they went four for five. Every time they got a turnover, and we'll exclude the Pierre Desir interception at the end of the game because obviously the offense was going to get the ball back. But they scored touchdowns on every single one of those except for the the Scotty Miller, Miller fumble recovery where they kicked a field goal. So I just think, as you said, opportunistic, that was the key for the Bucs. Yeah. And, I think they showed today, too, again, didn't have their best game, but they showed guts, yeah. all right? They were yeah. down double-digit points going into halftime. You had the Leonard Fournette speech, which we now learned about post-game when Fournette was talking about it, and they, they picked it up. The defense wasn't that good, but they got the turnovers when needed, and a lot came. They came in bunches, as Bruce Aarons likes to say. So I think you got to give them a little credit for you know, having guts. This wasn't an easy one. They scratched and clawed their way to a victory, and sometimes that's what it takes to get it done, and that's how it ended. Yeah, absolutely. They they found a way today and had a comeback win in the second half from down double digits. That That's impressive. This team needed to do it. They did it against a solid football team. Yeah. They executed when they had to. The defense got them a couple opportunities, and they executed when they needed to and took care of business. Four or five in the red zone was a huge, huge part of this, I guess. 
what was oh Lenny was outside the red zone, right? Twenty eight yard touchdown run. So That's that true. one won't even count as a red zone possession. But yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you when this team can get out of their own way, like how effective they can be offensively. And hopefully that can continue. I do think this team being able to run the football is a big deal this season. Not that they have to be elite at it, but they've been really good running the football this year, uh, which I think is a really big deal. We'll get a shout out to a couple of our sponsors here yes, we uh, before we get to Matt's game balls to close this thing out. But Whiskey Wings and Temple Terrace is where we're having this show right now. Oh, yeah. It's been awesome to be out here. It's been great. to The food is unbelievable. I had the, the barbecue sliders before we came on here. Let me just tell you, Matt, they were awesome. Like it was exactly what I needed. So I uh, loved it. Whiskey Wings, Temple Terrace, great spot. They got locations, a couple different locations. All right, clap it up. Clap it up. The people, the people, they know. <laughs> great food here, indoor, outdoor bar. There's all kinds. It's just a great place. It's a great place. To, if you haven't checked it out yet, it's a, yet it's a great place to go and watch some games. Uh, so make sure you A ton do of that. TVs. I'm staring at at least five to 10 right now. Right. It's great. Also, we got to talk about our friends over at Pin Chasers, Matt. Pin Chasers, Bowling League. This is the Pewter Report Bowling League. It's going off right yeah. now. It's popping right now. Yeah. Over Again, took the words out of my mouth. The Pewter Report Bowling League is popping. Every Wednesdays, if you want to come on by, say hello, bowl with us, definitely down with that. You want to talk some Buccaneer football. But uh, Pin Chasers has so many great deals. They literally have something like every single night. Tuesdays, um, all you could eat pizza. Thursdays, you can watch the Thursday night game, get unlimited bowling for $11.99. Um, $1 Miller Lights after the game as well, too. Uh, got a great bar and grill where you can have breakfast food at any time and a huge selection uh, of options there at the grill. So it's a great atmosphere to bring your family out, go out with your friends, and uh, you won't be disappointed. And the owners are huge Bucks fans as well, so you're supporting fellow Bucks fans. If you head out to Pin Chasers, go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or book a uh, party in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's some been some some chatter in the in the chat here. I'm just kind of looking through a little bit. People talking about the Bucks offense. You know, it is number one in the league. Does it look like the number one in the league? Brian Shaw is always extremely critical of the best <laughs> players on the Bucks. <laughs> he tends to go after the guys who are the biggest difference in terms of winning. But he does bring up a point here. Does it look like the number one offense in the league? It doesn't on a regular basis. I think the key to figuring some of that out is looking around the league. Consistently, game to game, there are not a lot of teams putting it together game to game right now. I mean, that's, a, that's a great point. I mean, there like are some there are some duds, some duds you see from week to week. I, like, I can't figure out the Chargers. You know, they look like, great against your Steelers. Today? They were terrible today. Justin Herbert throwing pick after pick, and the Packers they can't move can't down do the field. Well, they, play? like, they played the Minnesota. Yeah, they can't do anything against Minnesota. The Vikings, crushing the Rams today. Do Baltimore right now, they just kicked a field goal, but it looks like you know they're struggling. They're supposed to have an MVP candidate in, in Lamar Jackson. So It's been that kind yeah, of year for everybody. You have to look at the consistency. It doesn't excuse the Bucks' offense. Though. Correct. I need to be clear about yeah, that. I'm fair. bringing it up in context to say good point. consistency on offense has been pretty elusive for every team in the league this season, and it's been – it's interesting to see if that's going to continue all the way up until the end of the season and into the playoffs. Because in the past, we've looked at some units, even though the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl last year, obviously, shout out the Bucs. Uh, but the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl last year. But that was still an offense you looked at every week and you were like, yeah, they're yep. going to destroy They're going to they're gonna be good for 30 at a minimum. I don't know if you feel that confident about any offense. I mean, the Bucs are the highest score team late. Yeah. And that, I don't think it changed today. <laughs> um, no. So it is difficult to figure this thing out, Matt, because – I see tons of flaws. I get what Brian is saying here. I see front tons of flaws with the team on offense, defense. Not tons. I shouldn't say that. I see a couple of flaws with them on offense. I see lots of flaws on defense. Um, but I don't know. If, 
It's going to matter compared to the rest of the league. Like, I think I think part of it that masks it too is you look at the first couple of drives of that game, and you know Brady's not on the same page with Mike Evans. The ball goes off his hands because he's not even expecting a throw. And the same thing with Gronk, where he throws it to Gronk. Gronk stays in one spot. Brady thinks he's moving along. But then you see other plays, whether it's you know the the offensive line establishing dominance to win the game at the end and just running it down the Colts' throat time after time until the Leonard Fournette touchdown, or the big plays to Gronk going down the field as the best receiver in the game today for the Bucs when they weren't running the ball. And you see that, and you're like, why can't they do that on a consistent basis? Right. I also think, too, missing Antonio Brown, obviously getting Gronk back, you get that another you know third weapon, third option. Yeah. But something about Antonio Brown, man, I think changes it so much. We haven't seen the Bucs go down the field as much as we've seen now getting Scotty Miller back, he gets that big defensive pass interference. But I think getting A.B. back opens up that offense even more, and hopefully he can get back sooner rather than later. Completely agree with you. That is going to be a huge move. And Adam Schefter has been reporting that he thinks he's coming back against the Falcons. So we'll see if that's indeed what happens. Seems like Jamel Dean's probably going to be out. Carlton Davis is up in the air. Uh, So we'll keep evaluating things. You'd hope Ali Marpet would be able to play, given that he was doubtful this week but seemed like it wasn't going to be a long-term injury so hopefully yeah. he can be back and then we'll just have to see with Devin White he obviously gutted it out in this game but don't know if that's going to be a long yeah the next day is always you right. never know swelling or yeah. you know yeah, whatever know exactly. every player's so, going through uh, but it should be noted we're complaining about the offense but the offense did some unbelievable things today no question there is a part of this Bucks fans can choose to believe me or not to believe me but there is a part of this that matters here the fact that the Bucks came out and Tom Brady threw like four touchdowns in like half the games to start the season yeah. and was thrown for 400 some yards and Evans and Godwin were going off statistically that if that doesn't happen every week, hey, heck, if Evans doesn't go off every week, Bucks fans think there's a problem with the offense. Because for yeah. years, that was the only thing we had to measure a pulse by. Exactly. Like if Evans went off or not, it ain't that way anymore. And but now still it's, be a good offense now it's, that doesn't happen. Mike Evans has a good game. What's wrong with Chris Godwin? Chris Godwin has a good game. What's wrong with AB? AB right. goes off. Oh, is there is there a wide receiver controversy? Is <laughs> Is there issues between one. quarterback receivers? It's like, yeah. where was uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and AB going? Remember a week ago, Leonard Fournette was like, "Sorry to my fantasy owners, like we have so many good players." And then Leonard Fournette comes out and does yeah. what he did today. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's so be, funny how it works. And, and it'll come back around. Get next week against Atlanta. What, what kind of game do you think Mike Evans, Chris Godwin are going to have? Because I think it's going to be a pretty freaky game. Uh, <laughs> probably multi-touch. <laughs> I think it's going to be a pretty freaky good one. We're excited. Well, shows all week, too. We're out by holiday kick, so we got shows. We're coming back Monday uh, with another show as well, 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be with you tomorrow on the show. And then, uh, obviously, Tuesday we'll be off as we normally are Wednesday. We'll have the preview show for the upcoming game against Atlanta. And Thursday we'll be back as well on the show. Have some more good content for you. Do some Q&A, that kind of stuff this week. So we've got to talk about the NFC, state of it in general, and more in-depth in podcasts coming up this week. Yep. We are getting to that point. We're going to have to start looking at the playoff picture. I will tell you this. Uh, 5.30 I think is still putting together the numbers with everybody who still has to play and just the games is just finished. But I know from looking last week the Bucks are – pretty much locked in to win the division and to oh, make yeah. the playoffs now with this win today. So it was a big comeback in that way in terms of the percentages. Obviously, we expected those things to probably happen anyway. But the Saints lost on Thursday. They look hopeless. They're not going to win many more <laughs> games before the end of the year. The The Panthers are also you know plummeting right now. Yeah. Bucks are going to win this division with ease, even if they lose another game or two the rest of the way. Uh, it won't affect them in that. Can they get the one seed? Yes, is the answer. That's the key. Getting a high seed in the NFC is so much more important than it has been in years past. You don't want to be the number the number four seed in the NFC. Have to play whoever doesn't win the NFC West between the Cardinals and the Rams. It's just not a first round matchup that you want to have, even if you're at home. So there's a huge emphasis 
to get, you know, obviously, ideally the number one seed. But even if you get that number two seed, you still get a favorable first round matchup and, uh, you know, have to play a team that gets beat up the, the, the following week, I think is really important. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So there'll be lots to look forward to. Bucks, a lot of meat on the bones still for this team. We're getting to that crunch time of the season, man. Next game will be in the month of December. That's when they got to start cranking it up. It's when they cranked it up last year. That's when that's we started true. to see it. It wasn't right away. The Vikings it was, yeah, it was, yeah. Week 13 was really the, yeah. the start of uh, an historic run, a yeah. really historic it run. It was. And so we'll see if they can continue along that path in the coming weeks. This was great stuff. We appreciate it being out here at Whiskey Wings and everybody who came out to watch the show and then those of you watching online as well. Numbers have been great. Everybody hit the like button in the chat if you enjoy uh, the show for sure. Hit that like button. Help us out. Boost that uh, YouTube SEO a little bit. Uh, and subscribe, too. If you haven't subscribed yep. to the Peter Report podcast, make sure you do so. Uh, we are live four days a week, plus the in-game live streams. We're going pretty hard on YouTube, and we've got more content planned and on the way, too, as our listenership grows. So continue to subscribe. Continue to support the channel. We appreciate y'all. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Leonard Fournette, Jack Barrett, Game Balls. And happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Out.